Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. Lindsay Phillips is the founder of Smooth Sailing Online Support, a company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and small business owners increase customer service, run their business more effectively, and increase their profits. Prepare to be inspired and learn some practical tips and strategies you can use in your business today. And now, welcome your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion, Lindsay Phillips. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast show. My name is Lindsay Phillips and I'm your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion. I am the founder and CEO of Smooth Sailing Online Support, um, a company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and small business owners calm the choppy waters of fast-paced business growth. And for those of you that know me, you know that I love sharing great strategies practical tips to help you be more productive and grow your business. And today I'm excited to be talking to Deborah Jason, who is going to be talking about uh, great ways of marketing your business, you know, how to get more referrals um, and, and move a little bit into um, her main business, which is copywriting and how a copywriter can help you grow your business as well. So let me first, before we dive into that juicy content, um, let you know, all about Deborah Jason. So she is an author, a professional speaker, a direct response copywriter, and multifaceted marketing consultant. She's actually a recipient of the Rocky Mountain Direct Marketing Association's Creative Person of the Year Award and the Boulder Chamber of Commerce's Small Business of the Year Award as well. And she started The Right Direction, her business in 1989. She's also the author of the award-winning book, Millionaire Marketing on a Shoestring Budget, which we are gonna touch upon those great details today. Um, her mission is to really empower you with the cost-effective business building strategies that you need to gain exposure for your, for your business so you can attract a steady stream of happy clients while driving revenue to your bank account. So this is one of my favorite topics, so I'm totally jazzed. Now, when other writers have researched books on direct response copywriting and freelance writing, they've turned to Deborah for her input. So she um, has a lot of amazing insights. She has been quoted in books on the topic of copywriting, web and direct marketing, and living a freedom-based lifestyle. She's authored articles, gosh, for, for DM News, the Denver Business Journal, Producers eSource, and, and tons of other publications. Um, she's been a featured guest on online programs. She's done tons of live workshops and on the value of building relationships and the art of engaging as they apply to attracting clients, generating leads, and networking online and off, which is the name of the game, right? Um, marketing and writing with heart and not hype. Deborah encourages and empowers you to succeed in living your dream. She's been described as a heartwarming, enthusiastic, and energetic professional. She loves spending time with her families and friends, loves to dance. So do I, Deborah. And <laughs> yoga. <laughs> Me too. Um, the serenity of the ocean. And I just learned she used to live in Hawaii. I'm so jealous. <laughs> memories of walking her beautiful and famous, apparently, golden retriever, Ike along with the white sand beaches of the incredible North Shore of Hawaii. So welcome, Deborah. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you, Lindsay, for having me as a guest. I'm glad to be on board. Perfect. On board. Very good. <laughs> sailing. <laughs> I'm here. the theme, you know. <laughs> 
Awesome. Um, so this book, Millionaire Marketing on a Shoestring Budget, I mean, you know, I'm sure you've been there and a lot of your clients where you're starting off in your business and you're growing your business um, and you have to be aware of your budget. Now, what led you to, to put this book together? Well, um, first, before I share that with you, let me address something that you just said, because it's not really, you know, marketing isn't just a concern for people who are starting up and getting off on their feet. Even people with big budgets need to be savvy about where they spend their money and how they go out and market their business. So um, I just want to make that sort of differentiation because mm. everybody needs to, you know, know cost-effective ways to market their business. Good point. The book came about because I had actually been doing a presentation since right after 9-11. After 9-11, a lot of people started to get scared. They were afraid to spend money. They didn't know what was happening. And so I was getting phone calls from clients saying, we have to cut back on our marketing. You know, we're not going to do the project that we thought we would do. And right. What I said to them back then was, you know, when things get tough, when there's challenges and you know the economy is shaky, that's not the time to cut back on your marketing. That's time to keep out there, yeah. to keep that top of mind awareness. However, you don't have to spend you know millions of dollars for a thirty second Super Bowl commercial. There are ways that you can do it, and you know, and you chuckle about that. But when I do a presentation and I speak about it, people all chuckle because they think of Super Bowl commercials. Yeah. They enjoy watching them, but do you remember who they were for? Do you remember what the products are? Or did you actually go out and buy one of those products after watching the commercials? So, Millionaire Marketing on a Shoestring Budget came out of that presentation where I shared with people how to get out there, how to keep their message out there, how to have that top of mind awareness and not have to spend a lot of money. So over the years, like I said, that was 9-11, so that was 2001, yeah. the more that I was doing that presentation and the more that I started to pursue a career as a professional speaker, the more the idea of a book came to life. And I have a colleague who's sort of a book publishing coach and I had actually helped him get some speaking gigs on Kauai when I lived there. We ran into each other when I moved back to Colorado and I started talking about this idea and he said, Deborah, you help me get those speaking gigs in Hawaii. Let me help you get that book out of your head and onto paper. So, you know, people say to me, how long did it take? Well, it depends how far back you go. You could say it started from 2001 when I was doing it as a presentation, but yeah. when I actually committed to say, okay, I'm gonna do this book. It took probably about nine months of writing and um, you know, probably a year till I actually had a book in my hand. So I say it's kind of like birthing a baby. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'm actually in the process of writing a book and it, it, it feels that painful sometimes. <laughs> Well, you know, we're only human and so there's days, you know, if you're like me, since you are writing a book, some days I would sit down at the computer and go, I don't know what to write about. I know. Even though I had an outline. I mean, you know, it was staring me in the face, but then I'd look at it and go, I don't really want to write about that today. No, you don't feel inspired. <laughs> well, you know, for those people who are listening, who even are thinking about writing a book, or even if you're writing a blog, you know, there are some days that you just get that writer's block. 
And for me, initially, when it happened with the book, I got a little scared. You know, I'm like, oh, shoot. You know, because I had my own self-imposed deadline. Mm. Here's when I want to have the first draft done. And um, my coach at the time said, okay, relax, you know, or, you know, write it. You don't have to write the chapters in sequence. Pick a different chapter. Oh, that's true. But then I'd look at it and go, I still don't, you know, and I was just kind of losing my mojo. (laughs) And so he then said to me, okay, don't write. Go online and look for pictures that you might want to use for your cover. Well, if you've ever done like an image search, you know, there's zillions. Oh my gosh. So that just overwhelmed me. So, you know, what happened for me over the, it was probably two weeks that I finally said, okay, you're not writing. Just focus on, you know, working on projects for your clients. And what shifted for me was I shifted my environment. You know, we were talking earlier about working from home. Yeah. So I went to a library. Oh, and just, you know, that became sort of, well, if I'm in the library, that means I'm here to write my book. And I started to write again and finally, you know, got to the point where I got my first draft done. But it just took changing my environment. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good approach. I never thought of that. Yeah. So if you're ever faced with writer's block, I'll go to the library. <laughs> go to the library. <laughs> You know, and sometimes it's just go out and take a walk. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot um, in some workshops, we talk about where do your creative ideas come from, and people say in the shower. You know, so it's really just changing your environment slightly, and it can be that slight is going from one room to another, or just getting out in nature, or actually changing the whole environment, like going to the library. Yeah, that's so true. Well, clearly you did something right, because, um, you know, it's a successful book. I just looked at the chapters that you, you cover in there. I need to get myself a copy. Um, but God, you cover so much. Um, so I'd love to give my audience um, some, you know, little teasers as to what goodies you have in there. Now, I know you look at different cost-effective ways to gain exposure for your business um, or obtain, you know, free publicity. Um, what little tips can you uh, give away for us today, Deborah? Well, let's see. Um, You know, one of the chapters that I write about is about how to get what we call amazing free publicity. And that's really involving the power of press releases. Right. And, you know, getting, and people say, well, you know, how am I going to get a newspaper or a magazine or somebody to write about me? So sometimes it's not that they'll write a whole cover story about you. Sometimes it's just about getting some exposure so that people recognize you in the paper. So, for instance, if the listeners who are on uh, today's podcast are just beginning their business, they might go, well, what do I have to share? Well, one thing that's obvious is you're starting a business. Right. So, you know, you can do a couple of things. You could send out a press release that just says, I'm starting, you know, the ABC company. And many newspapers, especially your local papers, if they have a business section, will put in a little blurb about that. So you'll get some exposure that way. But the bigger picture is to look at, well, what's my business? Does it tie into something that's going on in current events? Hmm. Does it tie into something that's happening in my community? Is there something special about what I'm doing that is different? So, for example, one of my clients started a natural foods company 
and he started it because he had too many apples in his backyard and he started to dehydrate the apples. Well, one of the stories that he got was he went and got kids. He got kids in the schools to come with him and go pick apples. So um, the kids all volunteered, but it wasn't just that he was using the kids to pick apples. Right. He was also teaching them a lesson about entrepreneurship. You know, and so he shared with them his journey about starting his business and those kinds of things. So the newspaper wrote an article based on that. Nice. He started his business. It was just that he started his business. But over time, he's had various stories that the paper would publish. So think about what's going on with your business, but maybe it's related to your community. And so then you might have a bigger story. You know, editors are looking for angles. Yeah. Um, one angle I had months ago, and we don't need to talk about politics, but, you know, with the whole email debacle that Hillary Clinton was getting, <laughs> yeah. one of the um, emails that she sent out was about LinkedIn. And she sent it to two of her aides going, I got this LinkedIn invitation. Um, what is this about? What do I do? And so what I did when I found out about that was I also saw her responses from her aides and what they told her LinkedIn was. So I went, hmm, this could be an article because I speak about LinkedIn a lot. Right. So I reached out to a local business paper and I said, here's my idea. It's not about Hillary Clinton, but it's the tie-in. And here are three tips for using LinkedIn. So it explained LinkedIn, but the newspaper put an article in about it. And so that's another way to get exposure because then you're sharing your expertise. That's right. And it's timely. And it's timely. And so that way people get exposed to who you are. And most of the time when you have a story like that, your picture you won't get paid, but you'll get a photo and you'll get a little byline. Yeah. Because, you know, you are Lindsay with, you know, sale to success and, a number to contact you at. So that's a great way to get out there and it doesn't cost you anything. And the great thing about that as well is guess what? People like to read editorial content more yeah. than they like to read advertising. That's true. So um, that's one way to get your message out there, to get exposure, and for people to start to see who you are. And one important thing when you send out a press release is follow up. So when you send it out, contact the newspaper afterwards. And by contact, I don't mean text or email. I mean pick up the phone. Yeah. Remember what that phone was originally used for? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Something called talking. <laughs> you know? And so to give you an example of that, um, you know, when I started my business, I was in the newspaper a lot. But when I left for Hawaii um, and I moved back to Colorado, I sent out a press release to um, – two business publications locally. And I didn't hear from them, so I picked up the phone. And one gentleman said, oh, Deborah, you know, we have a lot of people who leave Boulder and come back, and then, you know, they want us to write something about them. So it's not anything we find that's all that exciting. Right. Okay, how about if I write an article for you? And I did two articles. So they didn't write the story about me, but my, my articles were in the paper with my name and my byline. Awesome. The other publication I called, she said a similar thing. She's like, I don't know if there's anything that special. But because I got her on the phone and we were chatting, yeah. we added, she said, you know, Deborah, I do this feature in the paper 
It's called five questions. And I, you know, put out five questions to a business owner and they answer them. Usually I do it by phone, but I really am jammed for time. If I email you those questions, would you answer them? He said, sure. So then there was a piece in the paper about me answering those five questions. And I had two or three people contacted me after they saw that article. Perfect. So don't forget to follow up. You never know what it could lead to. Just because you don't hear from somebody doesn't mean that they're not interested. Well, and it gave you a chance to kind of dig deeper and find out what it is that they really want. You know what I mean? Right. And that's important to keep in mind. You know, it's not so much... Um, about you yes. <laughs> it's about their readers <laughs> you know and what the readers want and that's true in all marketing you know it's what does your audience want if you're a speaker what is what does the audience want to hear you know how do you can help them how do you add value to their lives that's so true now and, and i guess too the more exposure you get out there involved in your community if that's you know the way that your business moves forward um, you know, some people are online versus helping people locally, but do you find that will automatically generate you referrals or are there any other special ways that we can get more, more referrals in our business? Well, one of the things that I talk about, um, when I'm speaking professionally as well as in the book mm. is about marketing is about building relationships and nurturing those relationships. And so when you, for example, let's put it two ways. One is online, which is let's say you're on LinkedIn. A lot of people put up a profile on LinkedIn and then they sort of sit back and go, okay, come to me, baby. You know, <laughs> people, people should reach out because I'm on LinkedIn now. Yeah. But one of the secrets is that you don't just put up a profile there's a lot of secrets, but one of them is putting up a completed profile. But the other is to get involved on LinkedIn, to engage with people on LinkedIn. And I don't mean sales pitches. Yeah. I mean, looking out discussion groups and getting involved in discussion groups or looking at what people are posting just as they do on Facebook and liking and commenting and sharing posts. So I also um, make the similarity offline to joining an organization or an association. So one that's popular for many people is their local chamber of commerce. Yeah. And what people have a tendency to do is join a chamber and then put their arms in front of their chest and go, okay, chamber, what are you gonna do for me? Yeah. But the real value comes from getting involved in the chamber of commerce. What you put into and, it. Yeah, sitting on a committee. Um, uh, when I started my involvement in the chamber here in Boulder, I was, on a committee, then I chaired several committees, then I was on the board of directors. Now to answer your question, what happens when you do that, whether it's online or offline, as you build and nurture those relationships, when you get a phone call or an email and somebody's reaching out to you, many times what you'll find out is the person who's contacting you may not even know you. The reason they're contacting you is because somebody referred them to you. Exactly. And that's somebody who referred them was somebody you sat on a committee with or somebody you knew from the chamber or somebody that yeah. you met online on LinkedIn. And they started to develop, or you started to develop, what we call the KLT factor. And that means you built up the know, the like, and the trust. And so when somebody said, oh, Lindsay, I need a marketing consultant, even though 
you and I had never worked together, we'd have a relationship and you'd say, oh, you should contact Deborah. Exactly. And he said, Lindsay, I need a copywriter. And maybe I've never written one word for Lindsay, but Lindsay and I sat on a committee together or we've been chatting on LinkedIn a lot. And Lindsay said, oh, you know, I've never worked with this woman, but she's awesome. You should contact Deborah." So that's how referrals happen and happen organically mm -hmm. in a way that you feel like, oh, you know, all I had to do is develop a relationship with somebody. And let me say this for everyone who's listening. We love it to happen overnight, but it doesn't. No. It takes time to build those relationships and nurture those relationships. Yeah. And going a little bit step back to like the press releases and publicity, I've had people call me that saw an article of mine and saved it. Oh. In the file and saved it and called a year later. Oh, wow. You know, and they would call and say, I'm so sorry I haven't called sooner. And I would say, are you kidding? Don't apologize. I'm amazed that you saved it for a year and you remembered to call me when the time came that you needed me. Yeah, that's awesome. So be patient. That's a good point. Um, and it's so true. It's, you know, yes, we do services and yes, we have products, but the relationship that we have with our suppliers and our clients and our just our peers and people on social media. I mean, it's so key to, to put that time and in, in effort into it. And honestly, to me, that's what makes it all fun. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, you, for all of you who are listening that are, you know, solopreneurs and working at home and you're sitting behind, you know, your desk or on your computer all the time, you get lonely. Mm -hmm. you know? And so as much as I love, for example, social media, because I've met tons of people um, online, I've yet to meet a lot of them offline. But the cool thing is when I do meet them online and I have to look it up, but if you're familiar with Brian Fanzo, um, yeah, he's a social media expert and he has a quotation that he says, you know, about social media that, um, Social media done right, and I'm not exact, I'm paraphrasing. But sure. Social media done right um, can turn a handshake into a hug. Totally. And I've totally experienced that myself, where I've met somebody through social media and got the chance to meet them face to face. Oh, and right it looks like you already know them. Yeah, you totally do. If you and I were to meet tomorrow, you know, we wouldn't probably handshake, we would hug. Yeah. So that's the art of, you know, building and nurturing those relationships um, online and offline because then you really start to know like and trust a person and feel um, that they're more than just a person that they're actually a friend yeah. and a colleague. No I agree um, and I know it's hard for some people that are you know introverts to to kind of put themselves out there and um, but there was I forget who it was that I was talking to but they said, you know, don't be all stressed out about yourself and, and having to speak out there or get up and talk to someone you don't know. They said, put the focus on the other person. Like, what if they feel the same way? What can you do to make them feel at more ease? And that kind of takes the burden off of you. And I thought, oh, that's a good trick. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's not even so much a trick. Because yeah. One of the things that I say is, and I'm not the original person to say this, I don't know who was, but when you show other people that you are interested in them, they'll find you interesting. Totally. You know, and so 
there's something called the K66, if you search it online. Those people who go, I don't know what to ask other than what do you do? The K66 are 66 questions that you can consider asking. Okay. Actually, when I do a live presentation, um, since I do focus a lot on connection and building relationships, I have, if the group is small enough, I'll have people get up and talk to each other, you know, in sets of twos. And then instead of sitting down and say, introducing themselves, I have them introduce each other. Oh, right. Because that one helps them, you know, sort of hone their listening skills. <laughs> but two, it gives them the opportunity to share, you know, something about someone else instead of just, because people get nervous sometimes. They're all about, when you sit there and, you know, say your, your own. Right. You know, actually, I was at a workshop the other day, and a woman said one of her goals was to hone her, um, her elevator pitch, you know, and some people say don't even have an elevator pitch, call it a 30 second spiel. But she said, you know, she felt like when she would share what she does, she felt like it, it just didn't sound natural. Yeah. So there's value in having that elevator pitch or, you know, in terms of really understanding who you help and how you help them. But when you have somebody else introduce you, then you don't have to worry in your head about, oh, what am I going to say? <laughs> True. Because it's not always, you know, I let them just share whatever they want to share. And so sometimes we'll get up and say, oh, I spoke to Lindsay and Lindsay um, has a podcast called Sailing to Success and she lives in Ontario, Canada. And we talked about, um, you know, how cold it gets there. Or how that fact, you know, something like that. Hmm. It may not even be all that business related. But when I did it in a workshop about two weeks ago, we found that, oh God, probably three or four of the people in the audience had all come originally from New York, including myself. You know, so then at the end, when there's a break, everyone's like, oh, where in New York are you from? And da -da -da, do you know, you know, you play the geography game. So it helps sort of break some of those barriers. It would for sure. And yeah, I like that idea. That that was so much easier. I wish more places did that. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it depends on the size of the group. Yeah, that's true. You know, when you have a smaller group and you have the time, it's easier to do that. If you're, you know, speaking to a hundred people, you might have them do the exercise, but you don't really have time to go around the room and have everybody. Yeah. Each other. Point. Now, in talking about, you know, fostering relationships to kind of gain more exposure, um, you know, get publicity, referrals, how, how does that work with the written word? I mean, there's so much that we do marketing our business online with blogs and emails and landing page copy. So as a copywriter, how do you work magic with the written word <laughs> to help <laughs> well you know what they say if you want to be good at something you, if you want to write you keep writing and you keep writing it's like if you want to play the piano better you practice and you keep playing um but when it comes to writing copy and writing marketing copy hmm. you know one of the things that i tell people is to think about first to kind of be true to who you are, right? to yourself. Um, so some people will sit down and have a tendency to go, oh, here's a good story, I'll share this. Um, mm -hmm. When I first started my business, which was almost 28 years ago, I sat down, and this was long before the internet, so I sat down with this gentleman to talk to him about a brochure he needed. 
And I started to ask him questions about his business and who he served and, you know, how does he help them and what's the problem he solves and what are the benefits of working with him? And he stopped me and he said, Deborah, if I knew the answer to those questions, I wouldn't need you to write this brochure. <laughs> so, you know, uh, while graphic designers and copywriters and those of us, you know, who are in this service business would like to maybe be a mind reader, yeah, why exactly. not? You know, and so if I'm writing a brochure for you and you can't tell me who to focus on, uh -huh. you know, what the business is and what problems you solve, then how can I write the content? So for those of you who are listening, if you want to write your own copy, um, first think about who's your audience, mm -hmm. you know, and try to be specific. So your audience might be women. Let's say you have a weight loss product. Well, which women? It could be women who just had a baby and want to lose those last 10 pounds. It could be a woman who's getting married and wants to get into that wedding dress and maybe just has five pounds to lose. Or it could be a woman who does have a weight problem and she's overweight and needs to lose a lot more than five or 10 pounds. And the message you would have to each of those would be different. So really understand who's that audience. Then look at, there's actually um, a problem or a challenge or an issue that your audience is having. And many times it could be more than one. So one of the visualizations I have people do is imagine that they're in a coffee shop or a tea shop, depending on what their favorite beverage is. And when they're online waiting to place their order, the person in front of them is talking to the barista about all the problems, all the challenges they had that day. And, oh, my God, this went wrong and that went wrong. And you're standing behind them and going, oh, I can help that person. I have the solution. You know, the thing that they're talking about is exactly what I do. So what I have people do is imagine that they then go sit down with that person at a table and imagine the conversation. What's the person complaining about? What's keeping them up at night? And then you, what is it that you can offer that helps them? What's the solution that you have that helps make their lives or their business easier for them? So that is a great way to start just brainstorming some of your content by imagining that. And then you've got your ideal client, you've got your, the solution you deliver for the problem they're having, and then you have to put together what we call your you know, magnetic marketing message, which is who do you help, what's the benefit, um, what's the barrier, and what's the result that they get from working with you or doing business with you. So for example, um, I help solopreneurs and enthusiastic entrepreneurs or independent small business owners, people that are pretty much working on their own. But what I do is I help them communicate their message in a way that captivates and compels their prospects. Right. And converts them into loyal, raving fans, even if they have been struggling with how to put their ideas into words so that then they can grow their business, make more money, but even more importantly, create a lifestyle business that gives them the freedom, the flexibility, and the fun to do what they love. So that's one of the little formulas I have people work out to think about who do they help, what's the problem that audience is having, what's the solution they offer, and the benefit 
and the result that their audience will get as a result of working with them or buying their product or using their service. Do you find it's more effective when people do niche down? Like you were saying, you know, someone that's, you know, wanting to lose five pounds before they got married or just had a baby. Because I, I do find that a lot of people, and I've done it myself, where you fall victim to trying to target everyone at once. Yes. And so your message can be quite general. And when you try to target everyone, you end up really targeting no one. Yeah. You know, so what I tell people is, you know, and it's frightening. I mean, I did, when I started my business, I took any project that came my way. <laughs> you know, I was a copywriter and I was starting my business. And it's like, sure, I can do that and I can do that and I can do that. And I especially in direct marketing. Like I said, it was long before the internet. Mm -hmm. So I was doing a lot of direct mail pieces yeah. and catalogs and brochures. Um, but then as time went by... I could say, I started saying no to work because I went, okay, I'm not a technical writer. I don't want to write that. Yeah. No. And so what you'll find, and here's what I sort of tell people and how I guide them in that, is think about who's the ideal audience. And I have a questionnaire when I'm coaching and consulting with people to answer some questions that help them with that. Um, but pick an audience, you know, and, and, and it's not always actually about who do you want to work with? I mean, who do they want to work with, but who do you want to work with? Yeah, totally. Who's an ideal client for you? And then speak to that person. Yes, it's a large audience, but you always want to, when you're writing copy in particular, write as if you're writing to one person and having a conversation. And then you'll find you'll resonate with those people that fit into that profile. And that doesn't mean that you can't work with other people. So what will happen yeah. many times is as you start to work with those people in that niche and they start to rave about you. So let's say your niche was women who, you know, want to lose 10 pounds after having the baby. They start talking about how quickly they lost the weight and how great they feel now that the baby's here because, you know, they're back to their pre-baby pre weight. And next thing you know, they'll, you know, they refer you to another woman. But right. guess what? That woman says, well, you know, I didn't have a baby but I could still use to lose 10 pounds. And that, you know, that person you work with sounds awesome. So that doesn't mean you have to turn that person down because they haven't had a baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, so the opportunity, the door opens for yeah. you to work with other people because then what happens is you're starting to get those referrals. Um, so if you can really find that, that niche, you know, and sometimes maybe it's a little broader. Maybe you want to say, okay, I don't know about working with just pregnant women um but i do have a colleague that started doing that you know and she started with that particular niche because she could really speak to it yeah it's and a starting point yes it gives you a place to start from and like i said it doesn't mean if somebody you know calls you because they were referred to you and they're a man that you go oh, i can't help you they don't work with that. <laughs> it's a good point um, unless of course it's somebody you you know you just don't really jive with. I mean, no, I have to, you can just say that. <laughs> yes. Well, you don't quite say it that way, but I had a gentleman He wanted somebody to write um, some content for him. He was in the mortgage business and I had worked with quite a few clients in the mortgage business and I'd been in real estate. So I understood it. However, he wanted, and he was referred to me. Uh, he said, I want somebody who can write about reverse mortgages. How much have you written about reverse mortgages? And I said, 
to tell you the truth, I haven't really written anything about those, but I, you know, can do this for you. And the more that we talked, the more I felt like I was trying to convince him that he should right. hire me. And I went, you know what, why am I doing that? Yeah. This is not a fit. It doesn't feel like a fit. And so I, you know, I told him that. I said, listen, if I, and I don't just say goodbye. I say, if I can think of someone who specializes in that area, I'd be happy to pass their name along to you. And I decide you need something in a different area, you know, I'd be happy to talk to you again. So you don't just say, you know, I don't think we're a fit. Bye. No, you always um, want to serve, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So it's important to, you know, know when to sort of cut that tie and go, mm, this really isn't a fit. Yes. I've had to do that myself. It's, it's hard at the time, but it, you have to do what's right for you as well. And True. make sure that the person is being served fully. Absolutely. Now, before we go, I do want to, so just so I understand correctly and, and same with the audience, obviously you um, do copywriting work for people. Can you explain a little bit more on, on what you could be hired for in respects to copy, what kind of material that you typically oh, write? Sure. And then also you were talking about being a marketing consultant too. And so just so everyone understands fully how you can serve them. Oh, sure. So as a copywriter, um, what I do is, as I mentioned earlier, is I help people who are struggling with, you know, I have this idea, but I really don't know how to put it into mm -hmm. words. Um, you know, if you talk to me, I can talk to you about my business, but when it comes to putting it on paper, it just doesn't sound right. And, you know, you know your product best. Yeah. Uh, what I do best is take that information and put it into content that, as I mentioned earlier, resonates with your audience. So we, I really try to dig deep. I have a questionnaire that I provide my clients that asks them about who's your audience what are the benefits of doing business with you? What are the problems your audience has? And then I work on anything from, like right now I'm working on a brochure and the brochure is for um, a fishing lodge in Alaska. Oh, neat. Uh, last week I was working on an email message for um, a company that does VA loans for veterans. And then I'm work waiting to hear from a company about doing more um, article writing for convention and visitors bureaus and for chamber of commerces. So the project itself can vary. I do web pages yeah. and sales pages for people. Um, it just depends on what their goal is. So I can do print publications as well as online oh, material. Great. And then regarding the marketing consulting, you know, when I started my business, I don't have a degree in marketing. I have a master's in communication disorders. So I knew when I started my business, I had to get my message out there and I had to get it out there in a big way. So you know, many of the messages, excuse me, the strategies that I share in Millionaire Marketing on a Shoestring Budget are things that I did myself. Yeah. What did I do to get my message out there? And you can do that too. And so it really comes from my 20, almost 28 years of experience. And I kind of pull back the curtains on that and say, here's what I did that works. Um, this could work for you. Of course, the big caveat and all that is you need to follow through. 
Yes, I could say, you know, that um, speaking is a great tool for marketing yourself. But some people will say, oh, I don't want to speak. I'm scared to speak. Um, so then I have, you know, ways to guide them through that if that's what they say. So when somebody is struggling with, you know, how to get their message out there in a big way and wants some help with defining their clients and um, how they help them and what can they do cost-effectively, to grow their business, then I guide them that way as a marketing consultant. Perfect. I mean, yeah, honing down your what your message is to, to bring in those leads and relationships and clients. I mean, if your message is all wrong, then... <laughs> the important thing to remember is, you know, what will resonate with your audience. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest mistakes people make when I go online and look at content is they're talking about we. Yes. We do this, and we do this, and we do this. Um, and the most important word that you can use is you. You being your prospect. Yeah. Um, and have you help them. Now, keep in mind benefits. Benefits, not features. Benefits. Exactly. You know, one of the exercises I have people do is called the pencil test. And they take a pencil and they look at the features, and then they have to convert the features into benefits. So, you know, because people have a tendency to say, oh, well, you know, I have a program that's six CDs and, you know, three videos. And mm-hmm. Those are features. You know, so what does your audience get by listening yeah. to what's in it for them? <laughs> right. Absolutely. W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for them? Them being their prospects. So very important. If your content resonates with your audience, and just real quickly, because I think we're hitting our time, but... Mm. Um, you know, people say, should I write long content or short content? My yeah. readers don't have time. Here's my theory on that. If your message resonates with your readers or your prospects, then they'll read the content. They'll scan it first, like most people do. Yeah. But if you start to what I call push their buttons, then as they're reading, they're going to go, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Oh, Lindsay really gets me. I, I better read more and find out what Lindsay has to offer. And yeah, I better push that buy now button or pick up the phone and call Lindsay. So if your message resonates, then they'll keep reading. That's so true. Well, gosh, you've given us so many great tips and um, just things to think about. Now, so how can people um, find you, Deborah, but also uh, get your book as well? I want to get myself a copy, actually. Oh, sure. Well, if you want an autographed copy of the book, you go to millionaire marketing on a shoestringbudget.com and you'll get a copy signed by me as well as a gold shoestring that comes with it oh cute (laughs) um you can get it on amazon and barnes and noble but it won't be autographed and it won't have a shoestring so (laughs) millionaire marketing on a shoestringbudget.com is the book Um, my copywriting site is write Direction.com and that's W R I T E, right? Direction.com. Makes sense. And then um, you can also reach out to me there if you're looking for marketing assistance. I have a speaking website, which is DebraJason.com. If people are looking for an energetic speaker or want a guest like you're having me as a guest on your podcast. And so they can reach out on any of those platforms. Of course, there's also Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, I also have, I don't know if you uh, are interested, but I do have a home study copywriting course. Oh, right on. 
It's called Magnetic Copywriting, and it's about uh, three weeks to writing compelling content that converts. And so it provides you with worksheets and um, recordings. There's no video, and it's at writedirection.com slash MC, like magnetic copy, MC-homestudy. Um, and you'll find all the benefits and uh, that they're on the website yeah. for Right Direction. That's a great idea for you to do. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah, so, it takes it takes the skill and an act for for writing. Some people have it, and some people don't. <laughs> well, you know what I find out is that people, by taking the course, mm -hmm. they you know if they're interested in writing, then it helps them become better writers. Um, but it also helps those people that go, okay, you know, I realize now I don't want to write, but this will help me understand when I work with a writer what I need to be looking for. Like I said very early on when I talked about that guy who said, Deborah, if I knew the answer yeah. to the question, oh my God. this will help you understand what kind of information do you need to provide to a writer. And yeah. if a writer gives you a first draft, when you look at it, how you know whether it's something that you feel is good or not. Yeah. So it helps both people who want to be writers as well as those who just want to understand what do I need to know when I'm working with a copywriter? Mm -hmm. No, that's great on either, either which way. Kill two birds with one stone. Because, yeah, it's true. Sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, I can tackle that. And they get halfway through and they're like, well, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm in over my head. <laughs> well, you know, when I um, first started speaking about copywriting, somebody came up to me at the end of the program and said, I don't understand. Why would you teach us all how to write copy? You're a copywriter. You want yeah. us to hire you. You know, why would you teach us how to do it? And I said, just what I shared with you, Lindsay, is that, if you want to write it, this is going to help you. But many times what people discovered is, uh, you know, it's too much work. I don't want to write it. I want to focus on what I do best. Yeah. Outsource it to someone like Deborah, who is a writer. But at least now I know what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And understand the approach. Right. Yeah. So it's really brilliant. Helpful. Awesome. Well, gosh, that time went by fast, didn't it, Deborah? It always does. It's amazing. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, wait, we could be talking for hours. <laughs> I know. I, I, when I first started out, I always worried. I'm like, how am I going to ask enough? How am I going to fill the time? <laughs> Please. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. Um, yeah, perfect. And so obviously all those great links that Deborah gave us, they'll be on the show notes. Um, for the podcast episode on my lindsayphillips.com uh, site. So thank you again, Deborah. You've had some um, great tips to share and just, you know, approach to marketing your business and getting more, more leads and, and more relationships. It's been great. Well, thanks for having me as a guest. I hope that all the tips I shared will help your audience sail to success. Ah, you're so good. <laughs> awesome. So that is it for this special episode, guys, of the Sailing to Success podcast show. Again, you can go to lindsayphillips.com to listen to this podcast along with my uh, Smooth Sailing Online Support TV uh, videos and blogs. And of course, my other business, uh, Smooth Sailing Online Support uh, Com, sorry, ssonlinesupport.com for smooth sailing to learn how we can help you grow your business as well. So until next time, folks, I wish you all a productive and profitable week and may the winds always be at your back. 
You've been listening to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.sailingtosuccesspodcast.com. To learn more about how Lindsay and her team can help you increase customer service, run your business more effectively, and increase your profits, go to www.ssonlinesupport.com. That's www.ssonlinesupport.com. Now go and implement what you've learned and come back next week for more Sailing to Success podcasts.